0: Welcome to the Analytics of Dynasty podcast. I'm your host Jordan McNamara. I wanted to dive into uh, a little bit more of a strategic topic today. I heard uh, Dr. Fauci on Peter King's podcast uh, the past few days, and he—I think we interviewed him over the weekend. Uh, caught him on a Saturday. It's about twenty minutes or so. I encourage you to listen to it. I'll throw it in the show notes. Um, but I—I I was listening to it and I couldn't—I couldn't help but think about the dynasty implications about what they were talking about. Um, and of course, the I mean, the coronavirus could be all consuming and we can probably read more into it than, uh, you know, we, we need to and all of those things. But I think, I think some of the, the timelines and some of the thoughts that Dr. Fauci had, um, and of course, Dr. Fauci's, uh, you know, one of the, one of the doctors tasked with uh, you know, coordinating the public health response to, COVID 19 uh, has been on TV and interviewed. Uh, you, know, you can f- find all of his work on TV almost every day. Um, but, but this interview focused specifically on football and, and I guess more so on sports, but, but had a football bend to it. And, and one of the things he talked about was really if, uh, you know, how, how testing might happen. And and how you know, what what possibilities there are to to play uh, and and if that happens, basically what you know, what the testing situation might be like. um, And I guess that's a two parter. Um, the first part is he felt pretty confident that the that this would go on, right, that we could that we could play, that the NFL could play. Um, that's going to take certain protocols and certain preparations and, you know, probably no fans and, and all of that. Um, but you could play a game in front of an empty stadium, which I think is is a good thing in terms of we need, <laughs> we need the entertainment. We need, uh, you know, we, we want this to, to happen safely and, and in a way that's not going to put people in danger. Um, but it would be good. To have an escape like football in terms of all this, all the social distancing and all that stuff. So, from that perspective, I thought you know it was an op. He he struck a really optimistic tone. Um, however, I, you know I can't help but to think about the night that Rudy Gobert tested positive, uh, and you know, the team, the the Utah Jazz, and I forget who they were playing that night. Uh, were, were essentially taken off the court before tip-off and from there the nba season was canceled and everything was canceled and the follow-on of that was quick abrupt and um and and jarring i can't help but to think about what might happen if if you know week two of the nfl season if patrick mahomes comes down with the coronavirus or and and what you know or if it's not Patrick Mahomes, if it's somebody else, you know what the sliding scale is on that perspective. What will the reaction be? From from what what Doctor Fauci said, I think it I think it was pretty instructive in terms of the scheduling and how it might happen. And one of the things that he talked about was that you you can you know probably test a couple times a week. Um, he did say that by that time it wouldn't be unreasonable for the nfl to do that it would not be sapping away from the ability for for other folks that need it uh to get testing you know that the, the, at that point we'll be able to do that competently and and uh, without putting too much stress on uh, on folks that actually uh are in more of an urgent need for testing and you know i think i talked at some point uh, on, on a prior show that i had Gone in, couldn't get the test. Uh, it was relatively early on. And then fortunately, I was able to go back and get the antibody tests. And I guess fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, um, I didn't have the antibody, so I didn't have it. So that was a relatively recent development. But that process took, uh, you know, almost two, between seven and eight weeks, so almost two months. Um, so the tests that he's talking about are going to be much quicker. And, you know, he, he's the possibility of it being, you know, relatively instantly. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of different things. But, but really what he said was, is you could, you need to test these athletes twice a week. And if you test them basically midweek and then test them prior to, uh, you know, prior to the game, whether it's the morning or the night, the night before or the morning of the game, uh, you can test them. And, uh, and and be able to, before the game, know whether or not it's safe for them to play, whether or not they have it. Um, and he, I think he used the, the phrase um, malpractice to allow a player to play that has it. Um, and we've heard other, other people talk about it, you know, I don't need to ad nauseum document this, but I'd encourage you to listen to Todd McShay on Adam Schefter's podcast. Uh, Todd McShay had it, uh, was forced out of the – NFL draft coverage because he had it um, and just couldn't physically, I mean, I, I won't go into all of it, but I'd encourage you to listen to it. Uh, he he discussed how he just couldn't physically do it um, and, the, and the physical strain that it put on him and all that that goes along with it. If a player tests positive, there's they're not going to play, right? It is, it is too much of a risk for the player. Uh, it's too much of a risk for his fellow players. It's too much of a risk to the entire league, um, and and would be, frankly, malpractice is a great word for it. Uh, so, but the time frame in which he laid out for it is is I think what's notable, and he said basically if you test positive, you need to be self-quarantined you you need to be quarantined and without symptoms for 14 days um and you know and if you think about that that's that is a pretty jarring time frame especially in, in the nfl season 13 week regular season um three week playoffs so we're looking 16 weeks uh total but you know i really focus in on that 13 weeks it's really really important to to get into the playoffs uh, to get a buy you know that's I've, I've written about that in the analytics of dynasty the importance of those of those things and having the ability to um you know, get into the playoffs and and get a buy really increases your odds to to win a championship obviously you need to get into the playoffs uh to win a championship to. Get a buy; it, it it massively improves your odds. Uh, and so, when I look at this, I, th- I think in in terms of that window, in that thirteen game window. And if a if a player is going to test uh, and and test positive for it, the timeline that puts you on. So let's assume that players are testing uh, Sunday or Saturday or Sunday of. Leading up to the game, and if they test positive, they are out for 14 days. Well, if you test positive on a Sunday, right? 14 days later is you know depending on how it you counts, so you're Saturday or Sunday the next week or, or you know after two weeks. Um, you know whether they retest you on Sunday or whether they test you before that. Uh, I'm not sure on how that would all go down, but you're looking, you know, you're going to miss the game if you test positive positive in, in week two. Uh, before the week two kickoff for example and uh, so you're going to miss week two you're going to miss week three Um, and you would be able to be eligible to test again right before week four and by right before I mean less than 24 hours before week four even if you test negative at that point uh, and have been you know you are symptom free and you're fine and could physically go you have not practiced you have not trained you have not uh, been through installs. You've not done any of that stuff for 14 days. Uh, you know, by the letter of the rule, you would have been you know in your house by yourself for 14 days. Um, you know what what type of training has gone along with that? Um, you know whether 14 days is even realistic to be back playing? Is it is it totally different conversation. I think that's the, the short range. That's assuming it's a, a mild case and it's assuming that uh, you know, you're know you asymptomatic or you, your symptoms are very mild, not that it's on the, on the bad side of this. And I think you can expect that, that one of the things that we've seen is that you know, people of good health and in good shape have had been lesser impacted by this. But I think that's a, that's a best case Right. That's that is the best case. And, you know, Todd McShay discusses it and it's uh, he's not he's in good shape. And, you know, it it was not a best case scenario. So that 14 days is assuming that everything goes swimmingly. And I think at this point, I'm I'm not feeling great on that. That's what the outcome would be. Uh, So. At best, you're going to miss three games. That's at best. That's assuming that you can hit the ground running at, at you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday practices whenever you get back on the field for for um, you know after week four in my hypothetical. So you miss week two, miss week missed week three, miss week four, and you know, that you could get back into practice, try and amp up for a week five uh, reappearance. Well at that point you've missed three out of thirteen weeks. And kicking a bye in there and <laughs> Uh, at some point in the regular season, and, and now you've missed four out of 13 weeks. Now, of course, everyone has a bye, but y- you sort of see how this is, this is really impacting. This is really, really narrowing the window of of, your, of what productivity that players can have. I think it's a major, major thing that you need to build around. Uh, if if a player is going to miss twenty three percent of the regular season, which is what three out of thirteen weeks would be, that has some, and that's just assuming they get right back in and can play. That's not you know there is going to be, and Dr. Chow and Dr. Gene at Football Guys have talked about the the conditioning injuries, which is when you're not when you are not. Uh, up to speed. When you're not in peak condition, you're susceptible to. You know, that's when ACL tears can happen, and and muscle strains, and all of these things. You know, the the beginning of training camp is actually when ACL tears are are the most likely because you're not in full uh, shape, in great condition, uh, you know, in in prime conditioning, and fully ready to to take on what it takes to be. Um, you know, uh, a, a full uh, NFL player. If you're sitting on your couch in your basement because you're suffering from a viral infection and you're not training, right, then you come back and try and amp up in two days or three days or four days or however long you can it takes to get back, uh, you know, however many practice days that is. This is going to be a revolving thing, right? This is just going to put you at more risk for, for injuries, conditioning injuries, totally unrelated to whatever happened to you with the virus. It's, this is just a – I've been sitting on my couch for, for two weeks and haven't had the opportunity to fully train, and now I'm going to try and go back out there, ramp up quick, and go. How are we going to feel about players and the week after they've come back from the coronavirus starting them? So now you're looking at four, you're looking at five weeks, you're looking at missing, you know, basically you're approaching missing half the season. Uh, I, I'm just pretty, uh, I'm pretty bearish on, on the, the recovery of these players. And what happens if it's two or if it's three players on the same team? And, and you know, Dr. Fauci said at that point, you probably have to shut that team down. And they have to all go into quarantine for 14 days. And what's that mean for, uh, you know, for, um, you know, for uh, forfeits or for how's rescheduling go? I mean, those are all things that we'll probably find out. I just think that if we play, we're at a risk for, uh, you know, four players missing uh, big players, uh, all players missing time and, and what the implication of that is. That is in addition to the fact that there is a. There's going to be no OTAs. There's going to be no rookie minicamps. There's going to be no, uh, you know, minicamps, veteran minicamps. Players are going to have to come in, uh, from basically being in quarantine or or, you know, limited contact with the team, come into training camp whenever that happens, and and be ready to go. There's been none of that controlled conditioning leading up to training camp that we, we see in uh, other years, and that is going to create a, a, a risk of of injuries early on in training camp. It's going to create a risk of uh, injuries that that uh, we've seen a little bit of downtick, and whether that's variance or or something truly there in terms of uh, you know science or whatever. Uh, in in terms of some of these early on in training camp numbers I know Dr. Chow was tracking that a couple years ago and and mentioned how it was down Um, and I think it was down the past two years Uh, seems like this is this type of scenario where you're going to get the potential for that to really uptick because not only do you have the, the COVID nineteen viral infection concerns, but you also have the the lack of conditioning concerns, and, and how that that translation and how that um, you know reintegration into uh, working out and all of those things, how that all unfolds. I think there's a lot of risk here, and and uh, you know having your eggs in and um, in in really specific baskets in terms of uh, shallow teams. I think this year, the, the strategic impact of all of this, you know, I've gone on now for a few minutes talking about this, you know, all all of the stuff. I I think that the strategic takeaway is, and I, I put out a poll relatively recently back in April 8th and I just simply asked, if you're drafting a startup right now, is COVID-19 impacting your strategy in any way? And just a, a yes or no. Yes, COVID impact strategy. No, COVID impact strategy. 76% of people said no. 23% of people said yes. And there were some comments, uh, you know, uh, derisively, I guess, uh, you know, that, that seems ridiculous or any of those sorts of things. I think if we're not thinking about team building in the reality of what we're living in right now, I, th- I think we're missing some opportunity. The question is, is how do you react? I don't think you react with fear, but I think you have to react with a, a, a level of preparedness and a level of contingency that is fit for this time. And whether that is building a deeper roster whether that is trading down in startup drafts, whether that is accumulating more picks, um, whether it's whether it's hedging, uh, whether it's you know one uh, one thing I'm I'm forced to reconsider is I am not typically a person that will that will hatch that will diversify. You know, if I am faced with the same decision and I have a player. Uh, this year it's been a little bit different for me because um, I have some tiers of players that I feel pretty comfortable with it, with, uh, you know, I feel pretty comfortable with the top f- five running backs. I guess there's, there's orderings in there, but I'll say, you know, for example, I feel pretty comfortable a, a, a relatively close together. Deandre Swift, JK Dobbins and Cam Akers. Um, you know, so whether that's not trading up for one of them or it's just, you know, letting whoever comes to you, or whether that's alternating between who you take in a situation. Right. I have done more of that this year just because there's not a tier in there for me. Yeah, you know, there there isn't a clear answer. I feel pretty comfortable about all of them. Same thing with the receivers and what I would consider the, the next tier, the C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy. Jalen Rager, uh, Justin Jefferson tier. I feel pretty confident about all of them. They have a little bit different profiles, but I, f- I feel pretty confident in terms of their profiles, in terms of their pedigree, in terms of you know what we know about them from an analytics perspective and, and relying on the film community. But I feel pretty good about them in a tier. So it hasn't been a ton of, t- hey, I need to trade up to get X or you know I'm gonna trade back and just take Why or or whatever? It has been a relatively smooth number for me this year, just because that is the way the board has been. What has been in a typical year for me is there's been specific price points at specific players that are benchmarks for me. I either get there uh, or I, you know, I either trade down to that or trade up to it and sort of make you know. uh, Almost like if you're walking on, um, you know, trying to to go across the river on rocks, right? That's sort of how I do, uh, you know, step on this stone and then step on that stone and then step on this stone and, you know, hit three or four or five stones across and there you're across the the creek that you're trying to get across, right? Stepping on those rocks. That's typically how I draft, which is there's all these things. I have these specific points that I need to get to and I'm going to try and get to them. Um, that has not been the case this year. It has more been, I feel, a level of comfort with uh, it's a g- really good class. And when that happens, you, you there's less avoid players, frankly. Um, and there's, there's a lot of quality players. And there is a lot of quality players in this draft. So there are target players. But I think this year it's been less of uh, an extreme ownership on, you know, last year it was Madison at 75% and Damian Harris at 65%. And, you know, prior years it's been, you know, Alvin Kamara at 60%. And, and you know, those those types of things have happened a little bit less this year. There's still you – know, I still have 45% of Jonathan Taylor, for example. Um, but it has been less of – that that is a little bit accidental, honestly. Uh, it has been less of me trading up to him and just me sitting at three or two or you know wherever, and he he falls there. You know, I've got a couple of shares of one hundred one I moved up for, but um, and one I actually, I think one I um, adopted an orphan. I think one I actually earned. Um, you know, so I have a handful of shares uh, at, at a little bit different price points. But this year I think it it might force me to reconsider. And if I'm if I am Have players that are close, but maybe I have a preference one over another. But I own. Listen, I own forty percent of. I I I roster this player on forty percent of the 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 teams that I that I own. Should I should I double down on that, or should I take? Hey, you know, listen. Here's this other player that I that I also like. Maybe a little bit less, but it's a safety strategy, right? I don't. I'm not quite as leveraged on on one player. And I think that's one thing that we should be thinking about. And you know, I, I do talk about, uh, you know, I, I do have uh, some some roster tracking strategies and stuff that I talk about on the Patreon podcast. I can, um, you, you know, you can go ahead, go over there um, and patreon.com slash analytics dynasty and get some of those things. I talk about how to track those things and, and um, you know, some tools to use and how to go about it and sort of keeping, you know, keeping track and, and, Considering ownership and those sorts of things it comes from a little bit of a DFS perspective, but I think it's a, a very important thing to consider. Um, and I think right now that is something that you that as a dynasty owner you should be considering when you're making decisions. You know, how does this impact a successful strategy? I think a successful strategy has to be flexible. And this year maybe it's a little bit more flexible than it is in other years. And whether that's the market this year or, uh, you know, plus of the goings on, I think that's a, 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 a good flexible strategy to have. Um, you know, in addition, I think the, the concept of trading up typically is uh, something that is not great. Uh, it's not as great of an outcome as you might expect. So I did look at that in the, the start, in the 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 analytics the dynasty in the 2020 edition, um, surprisingly little impact on mortgaging a future first. Um, I'll just say that you can go ahead and find it all, all that data in the book. I sort of lay it out, uh, present some of the odds there in terms of that decision-making. Um, but I, I think it's less of an impact than people making the trades think. And this year, if you're going to Trade up for a specific player, mortgage you know, a future first, or mortgage a couple of top forty picks to do so. You'd be pretty careful about that, and not to say that trading up for you know uh, Kyler Murray or, or or pick your player. I am just using Kyler Murray as an example. Is a bad not saying that's a bad strategy per se, but when you have a what you can expect, I think we can expect that to be a higher injury rate this year, considering all of the things that we've we've discussed and the, the increased possibility that it's going to be non-football related that takes people out. All of that is to say, I think you need to be very cautious about how leveraged you are in terms of specific, being on specific players and trying to win in year one at the expense of future years. Because there's a lot, there's even more out of control, uh, more out of your control this year than there is in other years. And I talk a lot about that, that we're playing a game of future production of which we have no control and trying to predict that. It's very difficult to do. Add in world health crisis and it's even more difficult. So that's just a strategy uh, thing that I would think about. Uh, You know, make, don't be in the twenty. Uh, don't be in the 76% that, that thinks, oh, it's, it's nothing I need to think about. You know, whether or not it changes your strategy, I guess, is a different question. But you should think about the, the strategy and, and the uh, decisions that you're going to employ before you make them. And sit down and think about how you know, what ownership I have, what, what am I comfortable with, and, and if one or two guys goes down, what's that mean? Um, so I think you know those are st- big overall strategic takeaways. I think those are important things to think about. Um, in addition, I think that there's this year, there might be some incentive to, to handcuff. Not saying that, you know, listen, I own a lot of backup running backs. I don't hide that fact. I own a lot of backup running backs. There is a structural and strategic reason for that, which is the injury rate of running backs you can expect in a, in a given year. About 40% of the guys that come in as the top 24 in ADP and redraft ADP, the, about 40% of them, so around around 9 or so is about the number um, on average that you would expect. And Josh Hermsmeyer did some great work in, in, at Roto-Viz, you know, when he was there a few years back, which I included and, and sort of broke down in the analytics dynasty in the 2020 edition, um, why it's so foundational for me. But basically found around nine or so is about the average. Um, and then there's some ranges and, and he looked at some different positions and it's great work. It's, it's uh, one of the foundational pieces that I've, that I've read and uh, used in my analysis. If it's nine in an average year in terms of missing four or more consecutive games, I think you know, uh, there's, there's a real risk that it's higher. There's a real risk this year that that's higher. And how do we deal with that? I don't think it's necessarily to say, listen, I don't want to own elite players, um, but it's what's the contingency if I do own an elite player and they get hurt, right? Am I depending, is my entire 2020 season depending on Christian McCaffrey producing a top three finish, uh, and there's a ton of risk in, in that being the strategy in a normal year, but there's even more this year for all the reasons I, I laid out. I'm just, I just I would be very cautious about that. And that's not to say that he can't do it or not to say that it won't happen, but you have to build in some contingencies in case it doesn't. And what does that you know what does your your secondary strategy look like? You know how, how do you have him hedged? Do you have other running backs hedged? Do you uh, do you have future picks that you can mortgage? You know how how do you sort of do that? Um, is this a time to rebuild, right? Um, you know those are those are some interesting things. Uh, and what the other thing I would say too is is if no one's reacting, and this is a strategy that I find um, I th- I think works. I think being contrarian works. Uh, it, for a lot of reasons. But one of the one of the main reasons why a contrarian strategy will work, right? If eleven players are doing one thing and, and you're on the other side, you know, eleven GMs are doing one thing and you're the lone GM doing something else, it has an outsized chance of working if the entire structure fails. Right? If the if the premise that the eleven people are acting under is wrong. Or for some reason it systemically goes bad. You not being invested in that, you not being on that strategy, or, or um, you know, being guided by whatever that decision-making process was. You have the advantage to capitalize. Right? You have the opportunity to capitalize, and I think that's a really critical thing to think about. If no one is going to react to the craziness that's going on by, by shaping their roster, taking tinkering their roster in a certain way, you doing so takes advantage of the, the possibility that it happens. And if it happens, you're, you're in a better position to, to deal, you're in a better position to, um, you know, have functional lineups, all of those things. So I really think building in some contingencies and building balance in your roster, um, some depth in your roster, makes a lot of sense. So to think about how, how to do those things, um, you know, you can, there's there's plenty of strategies to do it with. But really sit down if you're thinking about joining a startup draft or you're really going over and analyzing your teams, maybe you have some extra time, you know, sit down, organize your teams, think about, you know, your ownership on players. And really think think critically about, you know, if this team, if this scenario happens. If player X goes down, we should always think this way. But I think this year is even, it's even more important to do that. You know, what are the contingencies? How do I sort of work from there? How do I maintain? Is this a scenario where I might uh, just, just bail Um, and start to think about, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, fire sale trade negotiations right now, but pump the, you know, pump the brakes a little bit you know or, or you know test the test the lines a little bit see what other owners are thinking about you know hey you know wh- what are you interested in long term right is there anyone on my team that you might you might be interested in and file that away you know there's some people that talk about having a notebook um you know i i usually keep those uh, messages and you know whether it's in group me or i keep a mental note of it or i write it down um throw it in my spreadsheet um but but pay attention to it any information you get in that that is is great information to have because hey if a couple months down the line things are going poorly i know sort of hey here's a price point i can cash out on on these couple players you know have that sort of in my the back of my mind um and, and make some preparation that's not to say i need to fire sale now and go hide under you know under my um under my house in a in a dugout basement that's not what i'm saying but prepare and if things go sideways, you're in a position to capitalize. So that would be something that I would, I would highly advise, you know, having some flexibility in your rosters, um, you know, having, having some picks, uh, doesn't hurt either because if a quarterback goes down or something like that and you're in super flex and you need to, to, you know, you have an otherwise good team, uh, you know, but, but you can cash out a a, a player now that you think is overvalued and just listen, get liquid, you know, get, get safe in terms of having some picks. That's not a bad thing either because that'll allow you to make some uh, follow-on decisions, uh, you know, make, you know, reevaluate. you you know, the pick has no risk of getting coronavirus, right? Not going to get a lung infection, right? It's going to be a liquid asset that you'll have until you're on the clock if you so choose, but you can trade it. Right, you can, you know, you can package a couple of picks for a quarterback if you need it. You have those options. You know, thinking about it in that, in terms of flexibility, I think makes a ton of sense right now. So, you know, if you're in the, and this poll was a while ago, and we've, you know, lived through this whole, uh, you know, world health crisis now for a while, and it's been all-consuming, but I do think having a, a strategy and thinking about how you're going to go and play. The rest of the season or, or when the season starts, hopefully it starts, if it starts, when it starts, uh, how how you're going to play it out and, and and realistic objectives in that season. I think it makes a lot of sense to do that. You know, one thing I really do is I write it down, force myself to commit to sort of my thoughts. And it's like, oh, if I spend you know, 30, 45 seconds looking at a roster saying, all right, here's you know, here's what I think about this. And then I sort of move on and don't commit myself to it or, or you know, memorialize what I was thinking at, at that particular time, uh, it doesn't stick, right? So write it down or you know, create a spreadsheet or a word dot or sticky notes, you know? <laughs> I'm the king of sticky notes, right? I have sticky notes for everything. Um, you know, do that, but even force you to write it down, force you to write it down, take a picture of it, that way you have it right um you know keep it keep it on your phone say hey you know listen and and you know on my you know in league acts here's sort of my thoughts and then you always have them right and if you if things you know here's my sell opportunities here's some, some buy opportunities that i think are there based on some conversations and that way you know but lay the groundwork for it and you know, now's the time to do that always improving your process i think that's something i talk a lot about having a having a process, having a strategic mindset. We could talk about, you know, player sells, player buys, you know, who, who do you like at this particular cost? All of those things, those are good conversations to have. Um, but I think really thinking strategically about about this whole process is something that I think uh, benefits uh, a dynasty GM um, from, a, from a structural strategic perspective and make critical decisions about your team and, and critical thoughts about your team. And what you need to win and, and, and sort of how um, the aspects of warp and a warp, how all those things would change if uh, if you lose player X, right? If you lose a player that when you won it one and a half games over replacement last year, what's that do to your range of outcomes? You know, what's that do to you being a buyer or seller or contender or, you know, a rebuilder, all of those things, having those in-depth strategy considerations in advance um, will leave you more prepared. And, and hopefully, honestly, no one gets it. This whole thing goes away. We have a great season and you've spent some time uh, you know, thinking about some strategies that ultimately you don't have to employ. But it'll probably make you a better GM uh, in the long term. So, um, so, yeah, so that's pretty much the conversation I want to have about that. Um, now, just some other couple things I'll throw in here. Um, you know, go check out the Football Guys podcast that Chad Parsons and I are doing, uh, the Football Guys Dynasty show. It's a great opportunity. We talked uh, our third show. Uh, it'll be dropping this week. Uh, it's over on YouTube, so you can find that YouTube, uh, the Football Guys YouTube channel. It's out. Um, and the, it'll be in the, probably by the time you hear this, it'll be in the podcast feed, um, you know, wherever you get your, your podcast, but you can find all that. We talked about some running backs this week. Uh, I talked about quarterbacks last week and, um, and th- those were our second and our third shows. And, and the first was a reaction to the rookie draft. So you can find all those over there, at, uh, at the, the audible podcast feed, um, and, you know, I do. I uh, will highlight as well that I have over on the Patreon side. So patreoncom Dynasty. Uh, I've got uh, three different uh, dynasty, uh, you know, three different content tiers. Um, you know, the the Devi tier. It's four dollars a month. It'll get you a couple podcasts. You know, one or two podcasts a week. Um, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten podcast for the month um if you go up to the uh to the dynasty tier i've been doing a podcast uh, a day for however long i've been in quarantine which is about two months now um you know every night uh or every morning i guess releasing a a new podcast and different strategies and player evaluations and and um news and takeaways and rookie draft reactions um so you can um in addition to all of that content um that'll be you know Four, you know, three, four, five podcasts a week going forward. I'm in the midst of some research projects that'll be uh, highlighted over there. But I also have my dynasty tiers, which incorporates a lot of the numbers from the book, the analytics of dynasty in the 2020 edition. The all the base rates, the density rates uh, of the book, uh, I incorporate them there. My dynasty tiers, as well as some ADP, which I have. um, I have what I call RDP. Uh, which is real draft position, uh, what's going on in real drafts. I incorporate that uh, into the number to sort of give you an idea about future hit rates of players, which I think is an instructive way to think about players and, you know, looking at, uh, you know, looking at who to, uh, you know, who's who's a value um, given some of their fundamentals uh, compared to their market price and sort of when those align, those are, are, are really good uh indicators of of how to think about players and when they differ you got to make critical decisions so i have all of that over there those are my dynasty tiers quarterback running back wide receiver tight end Um, lots of data uh, to help you sort of get through it i mean i do have notes for all the players as well Um, and in addition i have uh, both a a real uh, draft position for super flex rookie drafts that is going on Um, there's some interesting data over there in terms of it, it will uh give you an idea of when players are going some of the the ranges in which they go and make it help you make better decisions and uh, in terms of where to target players and on the on the startup draft side i do have a um, uh, constant ongoing running uh ever updating Superflex startup draft ADP. So going back for the past uh, probably six weeks or so, uh, maybe eight weeks now, I got about a hundred drafts uh, that are going on. They're ever updating. I think I'm up, you know, maybe 10 a week I'm adding. Um, just as they keep uh, going on and launching, I'm including them. Uh, gives you an idea. I have both pre and post NFL draft numbers as well as an overall uh draft position number for the players so to give you an idea of where the market's moving so i have all that and in addition to all of that content i have the um a startup pick trade evaluator tool based on real trades that have happened in real leagues that will help you make better decisions. You know, if you're thinking, Hey, you know, I don't know if I've got one Oh five, you know, how do I trade down? What's a good trade? You know, what, what, what should I do? Um, all those questions that I get a lot of, uh, there's, there's data and it's an actual calculator. You can put the picks in and It'll tell you sort of what it is uh, based on future trades. One of the things you don't want to do is, you know, go in and you make a trade and you i don't want to look stupid making a trade this will help you not do that this will help you create value it'll it'll help you build better teams um it's something that all the patrons over there um in the in the the group me that i have uh, talk about in a second if we've been using it been highly effective so build, building some really good teams with some of the data that we're using over there um, so you can go ahead and find all that that's in the dynasty tier and if you're looking for the group me it's a, a really great experience. A lot of good conversations constantly going on over there. Um, always, you know, everyone's doing a trade, a draft. Um, consistently a startup drafts going on. Uh, I'm wondering when we're going to run out of leagues to do startup drafts in. Haven't had that problem yet, uh, but doing lots of startup drafts and, and thinking about strategy and, and different picks and getting those mental reps in. Um, and there's some good entertaining uh, discussions in there as well. And all of that is also includes the Sunday Night Live show. So I do a YouTube show, take questions, talk strategy, uh, 9.30 on Sunday nights. So you can find all of that over there at patreon.com slash analytics of dynasty. Um, and uh, we hope to see you over there. And, and the Sunday Night Live show is fun. We can talk uh, We can talk about strategy. And if you're, you're looking for some more hands-on stuff, go ahead and get in the group me. Uh, it's a great – it's a really good uh, – dynasty resource and and get those mental reps in and get some some smart minds uh, you know, contributing to to better decision making so always keeping always keeping each other honest in there and it's a it's a really really good experience so um, all right well that'll do it for this uh, strategic overview show i hope your rookie drafts have gone well until next time continue embracing the variance we'll talk again soon